Hey friends, I'm Megan Meredith. I've been on an interesting journey the past 10 years. It's been full of plot twists, as I'm sure your own journey has been. One thing I've learned is that people are fascinating and full of stories. We all come from diverse backgrounds and have complicated backstories. We experience the world completely differently and we don't always agree. And that's okay, because there is always something we can talk about. Hey there, I'm glad you're here today. Before we jump into this conversation with my guest, a bit of housekeeping and a bit of vulnerability. I am taking a break during Christmas and through January, coming back to season three, starting in February with a lot of great guests and a lot of things to talk about. If you have enjoyed season two and want to enjoy season three, could I encourage you to go become a member on MeganMeredith.com. There's a section for membership and over in that section, it's like a speakeasy of extra content. You as a member get extra bonus episodes as well as unpublished stories, extra blog posts, freebies, swag, and so much more. There's also a donate button you can do just once for however much you feel inclined to give. This support allows me to continue making episodes just like this. And as a one woman show, I'm not sure I can continue justifying the time and effort it takes to continue this podcast without support. So if you want to enjoy season three, when we come back in February, I would love for you to support the podcast and get all the extras that are available to you. Let's jump into this conversation with Tammy Morris. Tammy is a transplant to Northwest Arkansas, and she worked in corporate for a very long time with Target and with Walmart, which she now works on the supplier side of Walmart life. But two years ago, she opened a local yoga studio named Cocoon Yoga Lab and gave me my very first yoga teaching job. So please welcome Tammy Morris to something we can talk about. This is a special episode because this is my very first guest to have at my little recording studio in my home. So thanks for being my very first at-home guest, Tammy. Thank you. It's so cute in here. <laughs> I would just love to start by saying that I'm so glad you're here. And we've been trying to get you in here for a while now. And I've I've been working at Tammy's yoga studio for two years. Isn't that right? We just celebrated yeah. two years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you are the one that gave me my very first yoga job. And I am so grateful. It's been such an incredible journey. And while I have my own relationship with you from the studio, I want our listening friends to get to know you. So tell me a little bit about your story. Tell me about little Tammy, how she got here to Northwest Arkansas, how she started a studio and where she's going. Wow. That's it could be a long story. That's a long, I will yeah. try to give like tidbits. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, little Tammy was born in Wisconsin. So I'm a northern girl. I am only a, I still consider myself a recent transplant yeah. to the south. So I grew up in Wisconsin. Actually, I didn't grow up there. It was only like two when we moved to Illinois. Okay. So my most of my childhood was spent in Illinois in the Chicago suburbs. And my dad at that time was a school teacher bouncing around to different schools and kind of working his way up through his career. So we moved around a lot yeah. and I never felt 
really grounded in a little okay. bit with friends or at certain schools because mm-hmm. you would get to know somebody for a couple of years and, oh, we're moving again. Joy. It wasn't honestly until I moved to Arkansas that I lived in a house for more than five years wow. ever in my, yeah. in my whole life. So moved around a lot. So after, well, I went to college in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So still also. Yeah. I went to Ball State. And so you were in um, Arkansas and then you moved no, so I was Wisconsin okay. and the Chicago suburbs my whole like okay. childhood, just lots of different suburbs. Yeah. And then went to college in Indiana. So okay. I went to Ball State because I have a very split mind and I didn't know if I wanted <laughs> to do marine biology wow. or apparel design. <laughs> and Ball State happens to be one of the only schools that wasn't mm-hmm. a fortune yeah. that had had both. both and i ended up going apparel design fashion merchandising and marketing once i got to the college and discovered yeah. that my marine biology professors were ancient and <laughs> it was just not a good time how different would this conversation be if you had become a marine biologist i, I wouldn't know you because i'd be like living in alaska on a boat so i was like convinced i was going to be like living on a boat studying whales and dolphins in fact like when i grew up in chicago my favorite place to visit was the Shedd Aquarium in downtown Chicago because it was like our only touch with like marine uh-huh. life. And when I was there in the 90s, actually it might have been the late 80s, 90s, they opened the Oceanarium and they brought beluga whales, which uh-huh. are my favorite, and white-sided dolphins. And I was convinced the whole time I was in high school, like, I I just want my part-time job to be scraping the poop off the <laughs> glass at the aquarium because I just wanted to be in the tank. But so let me do anything. So let me do anything. I know. So let me be by them. So not that I wanted to be a dolphin trainer. I just wanted to study. I love science. I love yeah. science. But I also, like, have that very creative love art, love photography. Mm-hmm side of myself too so my dad was like before you go off onto a boat in Alaska because <laughs> that was one of the schools I was looking at let's stay a little bit closer and really make sure we know what you want to do so yeah so anyway I ended up going into the apparel route and yeah. then after I graduated school I was back in the Chicago area and it was really hard at that time especially because I graduated in 97 so pre all, you know, internet was just yes. starting to come on, like cell phones were just starting to come on. It was a whole different world, job mm, hunting yeah. and searching. And it's not like you had an online portfolio. You were still going in with like paper. Here's my paper <laughs> from my last college class. And so there really wasn't any cool places yeah. in Chicago that was like designing apparel. Like yeah. I interviewed for a few and I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. I'm not at that point in my life where I can afford to go to New York or LA. Mm-hmm. Although I really wanted to live in California at some point, and I still do. I was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to have to do like the store route and go into like a more of a buying role. And so at that time, I started looking around and Target was just coming into the Chicago suburbs at that time. This was in the 90s. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I haven't found a job. I'm still job hunting. Let me just go open Mm -hmm. this new store and Mm -hmm. see what it's all about. So I fell in love with Target and all things Target and worked in the store just for a quick year and then knew I was getting transferred to their home office or their headquarters is what they call it there. So um, a year after that, moved up to Minneapolis and I lived in Minneapolis in the tundra for (laughs) a decade. And so I did lots of different things at Target between doing replenishment and planning 
and buying and some sourcing and development, all the things and mm -hmm. I did it in apparel. I did it in hard lines, all different categories. Um, I've done it pretty much all. And my really, really good friend at Target was leaving the company and coming and going to work for a supplier. And the supplier was relocating her to Bentonville to work for their number one client, Walmart. Now, when you are at Target, Walmart is just actually when you're in the north, the thought of Arkansas is <laughs> there's no thought of moving yeah. to Arkansas. Yeah. And you just see it very redneck, very uh -huh. poor. And my, I joked with my friend nonstop. I'm like, can't even believe they're sending you to <laughs> Bentonville. And so she got down here and was like, uh, girl, you need to come down here. I think you would have a different viewpoint. That's if amazing. you saw Northwest Arkansas, yes. she's yeah. like, it's a whole different ball game. <laughs> and then it was funny because at that time, in, if you know Northwest Arkansas, it was like, they just got this brand new outdoor mall. <laughs> And the downtown had like a new restaurant. And I happened to come visit her in the middle of December. And so coming from the tundra in the north and coming down to Arkansas yeah. in December was like, oh, wow, it's 50 something degrees and I don't need a jacket. Huh. Yeah. And then she kind of drove me between where she worked to where the home office was. I'm like, wow, you have such a short commute. <laughs> and I was used to in Minneapolis commuting, you know, out yeah. or plus every day. I add snow and you're, it's a couple hours. Mm. And I'm like, oh, well, this is a little bit different life. And then I saw the prices of housing and how nice everybody was in the South. <laughs> and I always thought there was this Minnesota nice thing from when I went to Chicago there. And then they come to the South, it's like a whole different level of nice. And everybody wants to have these long conversations with you everywhere you go. Sit and chat. And so I found it really pleasing. And at that time, I was like, I don't know. And I mentioned it to my husband, and he's very familiar with the art world. He's like, there's this amazing world-class museum that's coming <laughs> in 2011. Yeah. We have to go down there. And he goes, and he's a big SEC football. So the thought of him being by... That yeah was appealing. So I was like, all right, we can explore it. So I mm -hmm. talked to a recruiter at Walmart. And of course they were like, a Target girl? We want like a Target girl. We could have you in sourcing and buying and planning and da da da. I mean, I interviewed yeah. with so many people because so many people wanted me mm -hmm. in their categories. And then I got down here and it was just a little bit different world from yeah. like living in a city and being at the headquarters versus living, going to work mm -hmm. in more of like a metal building, which right. was the biggest retailer in the world. Very, very <laughs> shocking to my system. Yeah. To the fact that I didn't belong. <laughs> I definitely did not belong. Like when I was at Target, it was just a different different people like the people were very different who worked there and very came from very ex i don't know what the word is from certain schools okay. yeah um had a lot of degrees were very it was very hard like i couldn't work in product development there because i didn't have enough background in that mm. but then you get to walmart and it's like i like color okay you're product development it was just a different <laughs> world yeah. so let's yeah. say probably from day one i didn't feel like i quite belonged there as much because I was deemed this target girl, mm. which is kind of like, oh, bummer. And we just had a different way of working. We had mm -hmm. a different way we planned, strategized, did our marketing. And so it wasn't just as well received yeah. um, as I was hoping it would be. And I would say like the first day also, I get to work assuming 
I assumed the hours were eight to five, like most places. And I get there a little bit before eight and they're like, oh, look at Target girls strolling up late. I was like, what? And they're like, we're all in our seats by seven, seven thirty. Oh my God. And, and I will talk about this later. I'm not a morning girl. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, at Target, we kind of strolled up at 11, all went to go grab breakfast together and then started our day. But okay, I'll be here. And then the next day when I got to work, I jokingly sat down at my chair and I was there, you know, before 730. I was like, guys, they forgot to take my garbage out last night. And everybody was on the floor laughing at me. And they're like, Target girl, you take your own garbage out here at Walmart. <laughs> and so just right there, like kind of set the tone for that whole like 10 year stint at Walmart. So I did. I worked at Walmart for a decade and have loved the South. I really am happy with the transition. Mm -hmm. People were, you know, very, it's just a different atmosphere here. And you have a lot more opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. I would not have been able to do some of the things I'm doing now if I had been up north because it just would have been harder to do in a large city versus sure. in a small town. Because yes. it's just easier to have a small business in a smaller town. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, I ended up leaving Walmart after some time because I just kind of felt like I had done 20 years in corporate. Mm -hmm. I belonged, but I didn't belong. I was really freaking good at what I did. And I probably could have stayed and had like this amazing career, but it just didn't feel me. Like there was just some other like calling of some other purpose yeah. that I didn't know what yeah. it was. And so I went and hopped over to the supplier side. So still working with Walmart mm -hmm. and working with a bunch of other big retailers in developing product. But having a little bit more me time mm -hmm. because the company I work for is in Hong Kong. So I spend a lot of nights working versus all the days. And so that gives me a little bit more time to have other activities, have other thoughts and have other things. Well, fast forward <laughs> all through that, I still didn't have never really felt like I belonged to a certain group or belonged to, I don't know, I, I guess I don't know what the word is because I'm still kind of figuring it out, honestly, right yeah. now. But I always loved yoga and I always loved how mind clearing it could be. And I was like, well, maybe I can go belong to a studio hmm. because when you're a transplant in Northwest Arkansas, which most people are transplants here, it's hard as an adult to make mm, friends yeah. when you're just randomly moving here. And it's like if you're not in an office where you kind of have built in people that you're hanging out and you're working from your home or you're working mm -hmm. from a small office as like a supplier, that makes it doubly hard. Yeah. So kind of ser was searching for different studios, didn't quite find what I needed or the types of people I wanted to connect to. And so one day I was like, I'm just going to create my own thing here. And because we're in the South and because it's small, yeah. like running your own small business is more attainable than mm -hmm. if you're in a big city. And so I mentioned to my husband one day, I'm like, I haven't found a place I really love that I feel connected to, that I feel like I belong at. And I'm sure other people here feel the same way. Like if you don't want to do one style of yoga or be around one certain style of people and you want more variety, like you don't really have that option mm -hmm. here. So I want to create that. And I had traveled the world between Target, Walmart, supplier. I've been all over so I've been able to see all these different modalities mm -hmm. that weren't offered here. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I can do all that. Why don't I bring aerial yoga here? Why don't we do sup yoga here? Yeah. Why don't we do more meditation? Why don't we do more sound baths? Like that wasn't being offered mm -hmm. at other places. 
So I created that and it was really a fun, creative project that has now flourished and taking on a new life of mm-hmm. itself in the, you know, coming future and stuff. So that's in a nutshell, like <laughs> little Tammy, yeah. big Tammy, where I'm yeah. at right now. And so, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing people's stories. It's one of my favorite things. So one thread that I hear throughout your story of you moving around a lot and then just your story with Walmart and stuff, I think something we can talk about is belonging. I hear you saying that you never really found that, especially as a kid bouncing around moving and then also in your career. Get all the lessons. And so I'm very intentional. And so I'm starting to think like, what's my word for 2020? Mm, What's my for that? (laughs) And I'm toying with one of my words, potentially being belonging. So like some of the definitions that I have found for belonging, I really resonate with. Having a deep sense of community and identifying oneself, which enables us to connect with others. Mm -hmm. Another one was to be in a proper situation. I'm like, "Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. What's considered proper. Uh Another one is that I really liked is to be respected and able to show yourself without cover or concealment. So it's all about being like authentic mm-hmm. um, being and being empowered to be authentic, I feel. Yeah. And then this one really resonates. Belonging comes from being yourself mm. and being seen. And I will say over all the years, I've never felt truly that I'm myself. I'm a workaholic of that I always wanna achieve, achieve, achieve and do better. And I'm very competitive in that nature. But I also feel like no matter how well I do at something and how many accolades I might get, I never feel totally seen. Mm-hmm. I um, It's been an interesting kind of like ride. And so reading, you know, some of the things, you know, Brene Brown has some amazing books mm-hmm. that she writes. And one of her things was our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. And so I love that because I feel like, and what I feel like my whole journey right now has been, I've never taken the time because I've always been a workaholic. Mm -hmm. I mean, if anybody knows me, I work 16 plus hour days. (laughs) It's just my nature. I always have. I haven't taken the time to really self-accept myself. And I feel like I need to do that to feel like, yeah, I belong somewhere. Yeah. And so ultimately, I think I need to fall back in love or fall in love with myself so that I can feel seen by others. Yeah. And so I've been deep diving and doing a lot of journaling. What does that mean for me? Right. Because being a transplant's hard. Mm-hmm. Being an adult and looking for new friends in a new city is hard. Just being an adult is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, I don't want to like, knock anybody that I've met through my kids, but it's like, you don't want your only adult friends to be your... The moms of your kids. Because they might not even have any of the same commonalities Mm -hmm. or interests that you have. And so that can be daunting. And I I think like added layer, social media is super depressing, (laughs) you know, and you see all these people out there, whether it's fake or not, like a spotlight is shined on belonging and going out and being with this group and having all these friends. And then I always have to remind myself, like, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison Mm -hmm. is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. Like, Mm -hmm. I say that to myself 
million times a day mm-hmm. because I tend to like go out on social and then you start comparing. You're like, no, Tammy, like, that's, that's, so not, that's not. And like, here's another quote I really love. Like Charles Spurgeon said, growth can be growth can be painful. Change can be painful, but nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. Mm. And I think that's like if you're with the wrong people, if you're doing the wrong thing, like you're never going to belong there. Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure out like who your people are and who you are. Mm-hmm. Like you really need to figure out like who you are before you can right. belong somewhere. Even just seeking approval from the wrong group. You're never going to find it. Never. I mean, it's kind of a moving target anyway. And so I really love what you said about just that self-acceptance, because I think once we actually accept ourselves, maybe that outside yeah. belonging and acceptance won't matter near as much because we like belong to ourselves. Yeah. And that feels like we're home. And so then everything else can just like can happen, but it doesn't actually affect what mm-hmm. I feel about myself, you know? But if we don't accept ourselves, then we're never going to, that's going to matter way too much. matter way too much. And it feels like you're forcing to fit into groups. You know, I think people look at me now, you know, they might meet me on the street and they're like, you own a yoga studio? And they'll do the whole up and down look at me. And it's like, yes, I am not this, you know, Mm -hmm. picture of what some of the media paints as a typical yoga person. And that does, and I don't give a crap about that. Like, that's not what I want. And I've been to those places Mm -hmm. and I don't belong there and I don't want to belong Mm -hmm. there. And I think it's okay to finally accept that, like, I'm not going to be teeny tiny my life, but I can still be like an amazing yogi. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. And I think, you know, that's a part of that whole like self-acceptance journey versus beating yourself up constantly with body image and a certain Mm -hmm. look that you're trying to achieve or certain pose you're trying to achieve i'm like i don't give a shit about that anymore right <laughs> i want to feel good yeah. when i walk out of there and i want to mm-hmm. feel like this warmth in my heart mm-hmm. and that matters more than anything yeah yeah what do you think belonging feels like like not the definition but what does it feel like oh i i feel like you're respected and you're loved. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you, when you walk in a room, you're seen. Like mm-hmm. you're seen, you're acknowledged. And it's not like you're not at all trying to, you know, fit into and be like this guru status. Mm-hmm. You just want somebody to genuinely acknowledge you. Mm-hmm. How was your day? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? You can like How let your guard you? down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Versus being always this fake persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in your deep dive into self-acceptance and belonging, like, what does that look like for you? So I'm a nerd and I take a lot of notes. And so I, if you guys could see my iPad, it's just hundreds and hundreds of journaling pages and that. lists galore. Yeah. Anytime I think of something I need to work on, it's like, what are the eight I love the number eight or 10. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the 10 things around that I could work on? Or how, what are the eight things I can yeah. work on? And I think for me, like I've been really studying the self-acceptance the last couple of years mm-hmm. as I've been working on the studio because that is my journey. Like what yeah. is it? And I want others to feel like they belong here. So I feel I need to feel like I belong mm, yeah. to, so others can feel that. And so for me, some of the eight things is like embracing what makes you unique 
So what is it that makes you special? And then what are those things that differentiate you and are a benefit to you? Mm -hmm. So what are the things that you might know that other people don't know? Or what what are those things, you know, maybe maybe it's a a look, maybe it's a feeling that you can Mm -hmm. invoke to others. Like what is it that makes you special and makes you tick? And then I think number two would be letting go of the things you can't change. We are all dealt shitty cards in life. Mm -hmm. I mean, we always from time to time are going to have that. I think yoga teaches us really to let go of those things in the best ways to let go. I think a third thing would be identifying your strengths. So this can go along with being unique, but what do you love or what are you good at? And then do it often so you feel confident at it. So, you know, what's something that maybe a hobby now that gives you so much confidence. So when you're having a really low crappy day, you can pick up that thing. So I know like you love to write. Mm -hmm. I love to take pictures. If I just take my camera and go for a walk Mm. for an hour, I'll be in a different mindset. Yeah. So it's like, what are those things that could maybe later on be some strengths of yours, but give you confidence? I love to set intentions journaling, reflecting on stuff daily, because I think if you don't get your thoughts out on paper, they're going to be stuck and they stew in your head. Mm -hmm. So it's like, get that out. Another is celebrating your accomplishments. So toot your own damn horn. (laughs) I don't think we do this enough, especially as women. Like we don't do this enough where, you know, make a list of the accomplishments you've had in your whole life and feel free to display it Mm -hmm. or put it out somewhere and constantly be adding to it. Like, Even if it's a little thing, could be some big thing, but even little things. I think that's part of belonging. Like you want to be seen. You want Mm -hmm. to have people recognize you for the hard work and the hours you're dumping (laughs) it to something. Like you want to. So celebrate those accomplishments when they happen. And then avoid triggers. So plan ahead. Like if you know there's an event you're going to and there's people there that you just don't even want to be in their presence and soak in their energy, avoid it. So I think we all know things that trigger us. There's certain people, places, maybe social media accounts that trigger you. Mm -hmm. Stay the heck away from them because it's going to make you question your worth and you question why you don't belong with that group or why you don't belong there. Just avoid it. Mm -hmm. There's just no reason to like meddle in it. And then show yourself some kindness. Mm -hmm. So this is something we all need to do, know we need to do, but don't do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I set out, (laughs) one of my other lists this year was like, what are uh, things that I had eight things I could do 108 times. And one of them was taking 108 baths this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've taken two, (laughs) two freaking salt baths. I look at my bathtub every night and I'm too tired Mm. of the energy to get in. But is it time in nature? Is it being Mm. alone? Like what is the self-care need Mm -hmm, that you mm -hmm. need for that day? And showing yourself more kindness because we don't do that. We show kindness to others, but we don't do it for ourselves. And then the eighth one would be on the whole self-acceptance journey is finding your support crew. So finding others you vibe with and go do activities with them. So that's going to help with that sense of belonging that you belong with this group. Mm. And so I like to tell people, find things that are your might not be your full passion, but something that you might be interested in, even if it's a little bit. And then go take a class there. Go take a workshop there. Maybe go on a retreat alone and go meet people. 
meet people with common interests because those are the people that are going to be your support crew versus the random people in flight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> meet, like go meet people that you have common interests. So for me, I do, you know, pre-COVID, I would like to go to retreats and go to different workshops. Yeah. And um, I'm just starting to get back into doing that. But like besides yoga, I love art. I love floral. Mm-hmm. I love photography. It's like, go do that, Tammy. Go do mm-hmm. that. Give yourself time and then go meet people right. that you can do those things with. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the eight things. I love the piece about, I mean, I know you mentioned journaling and just kind of getting your thoughts on paper. I'm obviously a big fan of getting your thoughts <laughs> on <a> paper, <laughs> of journaling and writing about it. I think it's always helpful not only just to kind of interrupt the rumination process is just to flesh it out and get your thoughts out. It helps you organize your thoughts, continue to just bounce around in this in the cycle of that. Whether it's a positive cycle or a negative cycle, you're just kind of stuck in that tornado of thought, but just to flesh it out. And then you can, I often find I can just be done with it. You know, right. you write the story out, you write that thought out, the frustration, whatever it is. And then it's like, you can finally, you've moved through it. And then you can move on, you know, but I also think that the piece about reflection is a really big deal in this whole journey, because I find that not a lot of people are actually, whether they're just not introduced to it or they're afraid of it, that self-discovery is the lost art form or even just self-reflection that we're so quick to action steps or, you know, even just moving on or, you know, there's lots of people that are just only forward movement, which is great. But I think there's something to being able to work your way through some self-discovery and some self-reflection because just like at the beginning of your story, some of that belonging, you know, started way back when, you know, and so you can't just attribute that to one piece of the story. It's a thread all the way through. And so unless you kind of reflect on those things, you're never going to understand your your full story and your full story matters, not just the one piece or the current moment or whatever, which I feel in our day and age. And I don't know if that's just kind of we're in a microwave society where everything's so instant that that's why we're only focused on like, oh, right now, today, I want it now kind of thing <laughs> to to be able to look back and be like, how did I even get here? Where am I going? Right. Why do I struggle with this? Or why don't I feel like I belong or whatever? There has to be, there's a long story to that, you know? So Anyways, I just love those those pieces. So what's next in, in your journey? So I think one of the things I picked up on is Tammy loves her lists. So does that help you like in a daily basis? Does that help you move through being intentional? It does. Like I'm super task oriented oh, yeah. and I love to check stuff off. Yeah. So I love lists, but then I also love the journaling aspect. So I use an app called Note Shelf and I have different books in there. So I have my task list book. I have my yoga sequencing book. I have my general journaling book and my work stuff. All that stuff is all in one. And it's really a great tool. But I would say one of the things I love to do, lover, hater, Rachel Hollis. (laughs) I know we've talked about her. Um, She does a thing called Start Today Journal. And it's so simple. And for anybody starting to want a journaling practice, it's so easy. It's like you write five things. Mm. um, 
that you're grateful for. That's so easy. And it could be just that you had a phenomenal like coffee. Yeah. Or it could be something big that like happened in your life. But you write down five things from the day prior that you were grateful for. And then you write down 10 dreams that you've already made happen. Mm. So you're looking in the future. And because you're saying that you've already done it, the universe is going to conspire and help you get there. And so they're the, big dreams. I think that's the easy way to celebrate those things like you were just saying in the, in the other list, your eight, that you celebrate your wins. So celebrate accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah. So celebrate your accomplishments is even just a small way. It doesn't have to be like a public celebration, but even just celebrate yourself. Yeah. I think that's great. I yeah. go to bed at night and I honestly like pump myself up before I went to bed. Like, uh -huh. you did awesome today, Tammy. <laughs> you did this and this and this and this. Yeah. And I've just started doing that because otherwise I'll look at the things I didn't get done. Right. And it's like, you accomplished all this yeah. today and you're right. Because we are so hard on ourselves. Yes. Going back to that list. To, so even just like celebrating your accomplishments daily can be a kindness that you're oh, showing yourself. You're I'm just tying all this together. I love it so much. <laughs> and then I would say like, besides the journaling practice maybe your daily journaling practice and maybe you don't journal every day i don't journal every day because right. i don't have time every day yeah. but when it's certain days i will but i really think you know as we're going into the new year you've got to set big goals big intentions and reevaluate them every single year so it, it's you know another tammy's list wow this has turned into like a tammy's list podcast one of the lists i made when i turned 40 uh -huh. was 40 things to make it an amazing decade and some of them were big goals and some of them were not and some of them have changed you know mm -hmm. because life has changed sure i mean when i was 40 no freaking clue i was going to open a yoga studio so mm -hmm. there's nothing about a yoga studio right in my 40 goals to make my 50 <laughs> but i've had to reevaluate a lot of different yeah. things but doing that every year is key. And so I spend a lot of time, and actually one of my favorite people to set intentions with is Rachel Brayton, who does, mm -hmm. um, yoga, she's yoga girl. She does a really great intention setting ceremony and shameless plug, we'll be having one at the studio <laughs> um, right around the new year. Uh -huh. But coming up with like, what is your foundation for the mm -hmm. year? And maybe you boil it down to like a word right. that that is your thread for the year. It's kind of something that you can look back on and you're working towards all at the same time and reevaluating that. I tend to deep dive, set my intentions, set my goals for the year. And then in the last year, I've really used the moon cycles. So the mm -hmm. new moon and the full moon to reevaluate. And so it might be that you're calling certain new things in or you're releasing things. So I've been doing a lot of journaling, like I'll do a deep dive journal around those moon cycles. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know your chart, get to know your chart. That's mm -hmm. also something I recently deep dived into. And I had a natal chart reading with this astrologer in L.A. And she, no joke, all she asked me for was time and location of my birth. That's it and sat there for an hour telling me everything about my personality really everything about my future how i tick and i'm just like how that's and it, fascinating because i love science right it's the old marine biology side of me <laughs> i'm fascinated by yeah. it and mm -hmm. i mean we can't discount what the planets and stars are doing mm -hmm. and like we're all made of stardust so right. we can't discount that <laughs> So it's really amazing when somebody, a complete stranger, can read your information and tell you everything about you and what makes you tick. And so now I've been leaning into that further and getting a monthly reading. So I kind of have a glance at a time. 
And then I know when to manifest and push harder. So I know on certain days of mm-hmm. that month is going to be better for me to mm-hmm. have big meetings or work on things or weeks where I might need to focus more on self-care because it's going to be a shit show. So in my chart. Right. So I've been leaning into that a lot more. So that um, and just for people that don't know what you're talking about, what what do you mean by chart? Like so your whole like astrological chart. Okay. So it will tell you when you were born, where the stars and the planets were mm-hmm. and what kind of qualities and values are are embedded in gotcha. you because of that. And it's very like I'm still getting to know it. It's very mm-hmm. foreign to me. But it also feels so right to mm-hmm. me as I'm digging in and learning more about it. it it's kind of eerie how right <laughs> on a yeah. lot of it is. But I do think some of the things that I have on my big goals and my intentions I'm setting, like I feel more positive that I'll be able to manifest them. So yeah, that's part of that whole like getting clear, spending time writing and laying out the future. That's mm-hmm. definitely part of and and I think in time that's going to help me feel seen it's going to help me feel like I belong to myself and to others in that totality some of the other things though too don't discount your self-care routine like yeah yes I also yoga studio and yes I would love to see you there every day you truly are the gatekeeper to your energy mm-hmm. and so knowing what makes you tick is going to give you more energy And so I have learned over the years, I mean, media pounds you that you should have this amazing early morning routine and that the people that are the most successful are early risers and they're up at four or four thirty and they're sitting with their coffee and they're writing and then they go spend some time in nature. Yes, it's beautiful. I would love to do all that shit. I am not an early morning girl. And I have learned this last year, like, let it go, Tammy. You're never going to be an early riser. Mm -hmm. Your work requires you to work late at night when I'm dealing with people on the other side of the world. And so for me, I'm a great writer. And I may do most of my journaling at one, two in the morning (laughs) because that's when I'm able to focus on it. So know that your self-care routine doesn't have to look what other people's looks like. You can make it to be what works for you yeah Yeah. so it it, no in that like helps your energy in total and also shift with the seasons i mean right you have different expectations based on different seasons on life like seasons of your life and then actual like season 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 seasons (laughs) too because you know if you study yoga you might have also studied some of the ayurvedic Mm. lessons like learning what you should be eating during certain seasons how much Mm -hmm. sleep you should have all the different self-care routines that you do should shift seasonally right um because that's how we're going to recharge and everybody needs something different Mm -hmm. everybody needs something different Mm -hmm. and don't think what you see on social media is exactly what's going to fit for you. And I think that has been so, that's like such a lesson for me because I felt like I haven't belonged because I'm not doing the things that mm. other people are doing. Yeah. I'm like, give that up, Tammy. Just do yeah. what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Just do what you do. Yeah. We're going to push pause real quick. We'll be right back after this break.
I love that. Actually, the episode that's coming out this week, spoiler, is that the episode that's coming out before this one is one where I talk about feeling like you're having to do all the right things in quotation marks, right? Because there's just like this set of expectations, whether it's from your family or society or even in a subculture like yoga subculture or you know, Christian subculture, whatever subculture you find yourself in, Walmart, that's its own subculture. You know, like there's these sets of expectations that come from other people. Exactly. But then you also have your own. And so then you have these things that you're putting on yourself or being kind of imposed on you that you then it's like you you start to feel like you're other, that you're wrong, that you don't belong simply because it's like I'm doing all the things. Right. And it's not working. It isn't working. And I feel like I have felt like that forever. And you got to find the things that make you tick mm-hmm. so that you can build the confidence mm-hmm. to not have those feelings. Right. I think yeah. it's just, it's so hard to be an adult. And things mm-hmm. Yeah. And for kids too. Yeah. It's really sad what kids are like having to be thrown into. I do think there's like a piece to being a kid that it's like, I don't know, it's because they go to public school or just school in general that they sort of have these like built in frameworks to find their people, whether it's sports or band or whatever. And and then nobody tells you that it's hard to do that and transfer that to adulthood. Yeah. Nobody tells you that it's like you'll get a job and you won't know how to make friends or right. you know what I'm saying? Or you'll think it will be it's supposed to be natural. Or that people will just gravitate towards you right. or whatever. And then it's like that, you know, being a kid and finding friends and being an adult and finding friends is two totally different. And then if you things. move, all of your built-in friends that you might already have right. are gone. Or so just like even starting. north to south, like yeah. the way people operate in different parts of the country. Is just and like, different parts of the world. What are you guys even doing? You know? Exactly. So it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's like finding that support crew is so important Mm -hmm. and if you don't feel seen or you don't feel supported it's hard to keep moving forward Mm -hmm. it really is and sometimes that's where the depression starts yeah because you don't feel seen and you don't feel like what you're doing is making any headway or making a difference for anybody and then it just feels like hustle yeah no and i have felt like i've been in hustle for 25 plus Mm -hmm. years i truly do and so i'm trying to make that shift in my life from hustle to self-acceptance mm-hmm. and manifesting bigger things. Mm-hmm. And and maybe maybe you don't need this big network of people. Maybe you just mm-hmm. need a couple few amazing friends yeah. or a few amazing supporters versus having all these mm-hmm. big groups and things. I think about something my therapist says to me almost weekly in her sessions. But she talks about the pyramid of friendship and how there's like different levels to your acquaintances, your friends and the people at the top. You know, it's a very small point at the top of a pyramid. And she's like, you can probably fit like three people in there. So true. And she was like, but, you know, we live in such a celebrity culture where everybody has squads, you know, like literal Taylor Swift squads where it's just like you have these entourages and you feel like that's what friendship should look like. Like I have this posse and we like roll up, you know, but it's really more like you have three people that you can let your guard down with. Yeah. And that is actually successful belonging. And that changed my whole, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, cause it just felt like it, I'm, this isn't working. Absolutely. Like maybe my whole self is wrong. My personality, everything, because I just don't feel like 
being an adult making friends is is going well it's you know and and i'm even from arkansas yeah you know and so that helped me shift okay and then you can name those people or intentionally bring those people into your life right that you're like this is the type of person that i want to be able to let my guard down with Mm -hmm. and then and then you have your three, and that's good success. And then you write about it, and you're you write about it. You celebrate that success, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think you know the biggest thing too is like try new things with those. Mm. Trying new things is going to bring new people into yeah. your life, yeah. and there might be a gift inside of you that hasn't fully unfolded yet. Mm-hmm. There might be something that hasn't been revealed to you yet. That's great. And it could be your next career. Mm-hmm. It could be your next connection. It could be just a goal that you're mm-hmm. going to set. But there's a lot that hasn't unfolded. I mean, you think about flashback two years ago. Yeah. Do you think the things you have now are the things that you thought you were mm-hmm. going to have? No. So it's kind of exciting to know, like, who's going to come into my life next? Right. And what impact are they going to have on my life? Or... Who's going to come into my life and what impact can I have on mm. their life? Mm-hmm. And I think that has been a sh- mind shift for me too. Yeah. Owning a yoga studio is I'm now seeing and having the beauty of all these brand new transplants mm. come in. And I would say 80% plus of our studio base is transplants. Yeah. And a lot of them single women who have these amazing careers but haven't found their support system. Yeah. Yet, and we have the ability to help shape that for them mm-hmm. and provide cool experiences for them and maybe introduce them to different things that they haven't been introduced to mm-hmm. or make them feel like a child again. Yeah. Like you do this in yeah. Ariel. Yeah. Like you think about like these women that come in that have never, they haven't gone upside down since they were on a swing set right. as an eight-year-old and they come in as a 38-year-old and they're like, holy shit, yeah. I just went upside down and their whole world changes. And then they're like, oh, what else can I do with my life right. that's different? Yeah. And I love that spark. And I I think for me, the yoga studio for me, besides it giving me a place to belong, it's been giving so many other yeah. people a place to belong. So I ultimately think my purpose is being revealed to me and things are mm-hmm. unfolding in certain ways to give that to others and mm-hmm. give it back to myself mm-hmm. because we all have to give to each other, you yeah. know, in, yeah. in time. And so definitely be open to the unfolding mm-hmm. to find out where you truly like belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just sitting here thinking about how I think we're, we're sort of in opposite, not roles, but I feel like I went through some of this and then I started what I feel like I'm supposed to do. And I feel like you're already wildly successful. And, and now then, figuring, and then out figuring out. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> because I don't, I don't feel like, you know, I feel like I've been writing and, and I haven't been podcasting that long, but I've been writing for a long time. And and I feel like that came from a place of I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing somehow, some way. And again, it's it's still unfolding, I think. Right. But I haven't really found that success. But I feel like through finding that acceptance of myself, the success part of it doesn't matter as much. Right. right. Because it's that it's that external validation that it's like, well, I mean, if people like it, it's fine. Yeah. But, but I'm gonna keep doing it. 
Because it makes you feel good. Right. Yeah. Because it's like what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And, and yeah, so I love that. Like yeah. no matter where people are on their journey, whether they are already wildly successful or they're just kind of starting out, I just feel like that all of this is really important mm -hmm. in order to have your, I don't know, your intention in the right direction that it's really coming from a place, like your success is coming from a place of self-acceptance and self-love and belonging to yourself rather than trying to like achieve something out beyond yourself, right. you know, right. that, that that starts with you. And then whatever comes is really just kind of like what you said, like it's just a manifestation of, mm -hmm. of that belonging that already exists within yourself. So I love all of that. It's all very interesting and everybody's on a completely different yeah. journey. And some people might be on a journey. Like I felt like I was on one journey just to successfully have this retail career for years. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't fulfilling. So yeah. then it's like, what is my purpose? And honestly, if you were to ask me, what is your purpose, Tammy? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I still don't know. Yeah. Like it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I'm really not sure. Besides, I want to own a beach home in California, <laughs> but I don't know what my purpose is around that yet. Just that I want a beach home yeah. that I can go chill at by the ocean because the ocean yeah. brings me so much joy. Yeah. But is that like a 10 year plan or a 20 year plan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or less. <laughs> Five year. All right. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it will be, but it's um, on the list. It's it's definitely on the list. <laughs> the list of lists of lists. Yeah, people would be astonished with how many lists I have. It's it's how I. It's how you, I, are you a paper lister or are you? Is that on your phone? It's also so, iPad. Um, I operate in a couple ways. I have to have a paper uh -huh. planner only for my calendar. Uh huh. I want to see it written handwritten yeah. out because it gives me when I can look at my month at a glance I know where my life is going to ebb and flow okay. according to how many yeah, for sure. boxes so I don't like a digital calendar mm -hmm. but I love digital for everything else so all of my notes besides the random post-its that haven't made it yet <laughs> to my iPad but my iPad and my note shelf books are my jam yeah yeah but everybody's got their own way. Like I've tried yeah. so many different ways and I just went back to a paper planner a couple of years ago and I think would I pull it out at a meeting, but I also have my laptop and my iPad there. They're like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? And yeah. I'm like, no, it's just how I operate. I Yeah. Like, There's something about like handwriting. Something that writing. just like, and it also cements in the brain. It does. For me anyway, I'm sure that doesn't work for everyone, but just, I love, I love paper. 100%. But it's also in my phone. Yeah. So that I get dings, yeah. you know, alerts. <laughs> you go here. You go here. <laughs> yeah. So here at the end, we're going to wrap up with just some fun seasonal questions since this is going to air um, in a couple weeks, really close to Christmas. So do you love this season? Yes and no. Okay. So I worked in seasonal oh, products. Yes. Retail. Forever. Yep. And actually, we the ones that worked in seasonal with me, we always joke that someday when we die and they crack open our lungs, it's going to be <laughs> so glittery inside <laughs> because I touched so many damn glitter ornaments yes. for so yes. much of my career. Oh, I was my in gosh. seasonal development. So we put up the tree last week or I sat on the couch in like monitored the, the tree going up because I just just I just don't get into it like uh -huh. I have to get into yeah. it I'm a little yeah. scarred from it yes also um yeah I like and I think running a studio and working a job there's no really time off so mm -hmm. if anything I get kind of bummed that I can't like even go somewhere 
I do like the change of seasons, though. Okay. I love the change of seasons. Like mm-hmm. fall and spring are definitely like my jam. If I could live, you know, in that sunny 72 range <laughs> with a slight little breeze and yeah. all of these beautiful flowers or yeah. leaves falling, I love the change of seasons for yeah. sure, especially here. Yeah. yeah. So what is your, even though, even though it's kind of a mixed bag, what's your favorite like family tradition to do at, at Christmas? Oh, and we typically do like a cookie making day mm-hmm. that's fun with like my mom, my grandma and the yeah. kiddos. That's super fun. And then, I mean, I do like Christmas morning, mm-hmm. just having, I more so like it because I know it's a day in pajamas. Yes. I don't, don't, don't like ask me to go anywhere because I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I really only have maybe two, three days of the whole year that I get to stay in pajamas all yeah. day. And that is one of them. So yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to in 2022? Oh, lots of things. My astrologer said it's going to be a really great year for me. So I'm supposed to be manifesting yeah. lots of big things. What's your sign, by the way? I am Aquarius sun. Okay. Leo rising and Pisces moon. Okay. And I'm just learning to know yeah, what all of those that means. <laughs> I'm just learning to know what all of those things mean. But man, when she told me, I was like, yeah, that's completely that's me. So um, interesting. But I, we've got big plans for the studio mm. and growth projects for the studio. I'm continuing on my product development journey with yeah. my other job. And, you know, watching my girls grow, I have an 11-year-old who will be going to junior high Mm -hmm. next year. I have a daughter who's a junior in high school this year. So thinking about, like, what is she going to do next Mm -hmm. and how am I shaping her and getting her ready for college and flying the nest, which is crazy to think of, like, that I've got somebody that age. And then spending some more time with my husband because my poor husband gets, like, completely the back burner with me working basically two full-time jobs. and so. 22, I'm excited. Like, I I get excited every time there's a new year because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a fresh start. It's a brand new button and you can like start kind of over. Yeah. And so I get really excited that week. I probably get more excited now about that week between Christmas and New Year's than I ever Mm -hmm. did just because it's a really big time for a reflection for me and Mm -hmm. planning of what I'm going to do. I have a crisp new planner that I'm super excited (laughs) to like start etching into and it's just it's a blank slate. Final question. Advice time. So if somebody else is listening to this that that also connects with that belonging piece that they don't feel like they belong maybe even in this area or they're in corporate or whatever their scenario is that they don't feel like they belong. What is like the one what's the one next right thing that they could do to feel differently? I think, and the thing that I've been doing is look back at your past and what are the things that have brought you to where you are now? So what is that reason of why you're here? Because that may give you some answers of what you're supposed to be doing Mm. here in this like current season. And then it's then it's gathering your people that are going to help support you. Mm-hmm. And and you may find, like, I never would have thought that I would have stayed in Arkansas mm-hmm. on yeah. my 14th year. Yeah. Never would have thought that, ever. And I always thought I would live in a big city, always. And I love it here. Mm-hmm. Now, so there's a reason why you're going through mm-hmm. what you're doing and just do a lot of self-reflection on why look backwards and 
look for. Mm-hmm. So you have to look in both directions. And that's going to tell you like who your true being mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I love thank you. I always say this every episode, but there's literally, I feel like 500 things that we could talk about. But I love, I loved our conversation today. So thanks. Thank for you. Thank you. Thanks for listening in today, friends. I'm glad that you joined us. I hope more than anything, especially during this holiday season, you find or create a space that you feel like you belong. Even if that's just with yourself, I hope you learn to belong to yourself instead of looking for that outward place of acceptance. As a shameless little plug, for my children's book, Pegs. I'd like to read you a little section because sometimes children's books say it the best. You're a peg, a special peg, just the kind of peg you were meant to be. So be you, just be, you'll see. Don't worry about them, you be you. They're not wrong and neither are you. They can belong and you can too. Round peg square hole no matter what you were told you can decide you can be bold you fit they fit we all can fit no matter our skin our personality or hair we all fit somewhere but not everybody fits everywhere you have a somewhere that you can be loved for you not just a little bit everybody has a somewhere to fit You don't have to fit with every peg you find, but you can still be kind. Fitting is in any when and in every what. It's anybody, but it's not everyone. You can choose where you belong. Everybody fits with somebody, but not everybody fits with everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk more next time.